There's just something so bewitching about cussing so much. Content is explicit and not suitable for all listeners. You have been warned. Welcome, you're listening to Bewitch Banter with two best friends, one skeptical, looking at you Ames over there, and our resident believer, Krista, talk about the universe, its beauty, and all its mysticism. It is a beautiful universe, but a lot of what we talk about here, I tend to think is magical thinking. Really though, we talk about the spooky, spiritual, some wacky religions, cults, and the paranormal. And we're finally not going to shit on the Catholics today because we are talking about what, Krista? We are covering someone very magical, whom I consider at least, um, a dear friend of mine from college, Courtney Lee Jamison, who is a practicing witch. And no, she's not Wiccan. We got that wrong originally in Bewitch Banter. Go figure. Us getting factual things wrong? Never. Never. Ever. (laughs) Never on Bewitch Banter. But Courtney is not only a badass bitch, but she is so empowering. She's a writer. She has her own store called Crimson Crimson Sage AZ. And essentially, it's an apothecary, which I learned from our interview that apparently you cannot call yourself an apothecary in Arizona legally. Some shit with the olden days, I guess. Anyhow, Courtney brings us like Honestly, she brings us back down to earth, I think, uh, speaking of down to earth, with just women taking back our power through whatever spiritual practice it is. And it's been an honor to reconnect with her. So super, super excited. We hope you all enjoy. Take some magic away from it, because I sure did. And happy freaking 2023, y'all. Happy New Year. Hi, bewitches. Happy New Year. Can y'all believe it's already 2023? I know I can't. But since the beginning of last year, For those of y'all who do listen to the show, you know that I began a meditation practice and I am so fortunate to have the most perfect meditation space. And that is despite Amy's cynicism because uh, she helped me design that space. So I'll give her a little bit of credit for that. But something was definitely still missing. But then I remembered my friend Courtney, who's a practicing witch. She opened Crimson Sage AZ a few years ago for anyone looking for organic handcrafted goods. So I got myself the most beautiful handmade personalized pentagram that Courtney customized just for me. I put it right on my altar and my meditation space was finally complete, you guys. I am not kidding. Courtney's shop is incredible. She's got so many cool things in there like ritual tools, metal alchemy, herbal goods, functional art, and natural skin craft. And I could tell you, I could use some skincare right now. But to complete your own meditation space, visit crimsonsageaz.com. Crimson Sage AZ, old world magic for contemporary times. That's crimsonsageaz.com. Welcome to a very special edition of Be Witch Banter with my dear friend, Courtney Jameson, who we went to college together, mm-hmm. English 101. Um, remember, what was the guy's name? He was oh dorky God. as fuck. I don't know, but yeah, he was super quiet, super dorky. Damon or like Damien or something? I don't know. He's <laughs> definitely like a grad student yeah, for sure. For, for sure. sure. Um, but we hit it off immediately mm-hmm. and we go to lunch together. And you were my you. first friend at ASU. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah. And then we talk a lot. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And watch One Tree Hill. Yeah. Oh my God. I saw that actor somewhere recently, and I was like, holy shit. I know. I remember what what he was on some soap or something, and I was like, oh my God, One Tree Hill. I never ever watched that show except for when I would come over to your dorm room, <laughs> smoke in your bathroom, put your shower on, Dude. and the towel under the door. Oh my God. And then, oh my God, good times. Yeah. All we can say. Um, undergrads yeah <laughs> but um Courtney over the years has also uh, morphed into an amazing uh creative and well always was not morphed into but has built a business <laughs> called Crimson Sage AZ Apothecary right did I get that right this time um it's just Crimson Sage LLC thank you um, we do go by Crimson Sage Apothecary and then our website is crimsonsageaz.com um, we did have Apothecary in our business name many years ago, oh, but I switched it. Okay. yeah, um, apparently it's illegal to have Apothecary in your business name in the state of Arizona what? unless you're a licensed pharmacist. So we actually, what happened date. to us, yeah, <laughs> what happened to us is we actually got harassed at this market, the very first market we ever did, um, at the Anthem Fall Festival and this guy next to us selling freaking kaleidoscopes of all things. <laughs> He's like, first of all, he accuses us of selling snake oil and all these things. And then he reports us to the Department of Pharmaceuticals in Arizona. We got a cease and desist to change our business name and take apothecary out. You're kidding. No, and I ended up calling the director and talking to him. And he was like, we don't really see these on our radar unless somebody brings it to our attention. And he's sort of not so directly confirmed that it might've been that guy. Um, Well then, so I I get the business name changed and everything, but we're still working on the website change because this is expensive and it takes time to do all this. So then um, we end up getting a call from the director again. And he's like, the guy came back and brought it to our attention. You still haven't changed your website. So he was literally looking in on us too. So yeah, it was a whole thing. So okay, basically first of all, male version of Karen, what are you doing with your time? Exactly. Oh no. <laughs> like Exactly. And I mean, like it was, it was such a pain and it's such a antiquated law too, because mm. apothecary means so much more now. Mm. Um, and really no licensed pharmacists, I mean, very few you are even still using that in their, their name. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's ridiculous. So we ended up having to go to Crimson Sage LLC. And then because CrimsonSage.com was taken already, oh. we had to do CrimsonSageAZ.com. So it's just been what a, nightmare. a thing. Yeah. Sorry, so, you didn't know you had to go through all that. No, yeah. it's It well, was... That makes sense when you're like, hey, this is the name. Makes sense. Yeah. we. I mean, luckily we persevered wow. and pushed over it and became successful afterwards so wow. screw you kaleidoscope guy, yeah, kaleidoscope guy. <laughs> mm. well that said tell bewitch banter listeners what type of things you offer because i can tell you from firsthand experience i got one of your witch boxes the mystery yep. boxes and about two ish years ago and it has helped me get through my divorce and just start the inner work of healing that needed to happen a long time ago but really courtney's box was a catalyst for making me do that I love that. Yeah. So we basically sell occult and esoteric items focused on ritual and healing. A lot of our focus is on Celtic um, Mm -hmm. history because that is our ancestry too. Mm -hmm. But we do kind of open up more because we're also very interested in mythology and the Mm -hmm. occult and all of that. So we open up to other things. But 
We sell everything from handmade ritual tools, ritual box sets, skincare, metal alchemy, herbal alchemy. I mean, it's the it's an apothecary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole emporium. Wink, wink. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of different things. So, you know, we even focus, we have the big flower crowns that we do. Which are absolutely stunning. That, that's um, one of our big staple pieces recently. It, it, it just gorgeous not even just for weddings but I imagine weddings right uh but like they're just absolutely stunning yeah everybody loves them I mean Halloween's especially big people mm-hmm. get them for Halloween for their costumes and I always wear one at the markets mm-hmm. too but they're they're amazing and a lot of people when they buy them people come back to me and they tell me I felt so beautiful <gasps> wearing this like somebody will buy it for an event or something sure. and they're like I got so many compliments mm-hmm. on it. I felt absolutely stunning. I felt like a goddess. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it's yes, about. Queen. So, yes. so we make those. I mean, I still make my feather quills, which I actually used to do before doing this business, sure. just as a side gig. So I still make those. And then um, you can actually write with those. Yes. Right? Yeah. So with that, we do a little focus on functional art too. Okay. We believe in the ability to have something that is both an art piece and functionality to it too. So for instance, my husband hand forges copper cauldrons and they're beautiful aesthetically to just display, but they're also extremely functional. And so a lot of people will use them for like alchemy bowls where they'll burn their sigils. Some people put salt in it and put their candles in it or their incense. Some people just use them as decorative pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and they become so popular because of that dual purpose. You know, everyone's like, it looks so beautiful on my altar. And then they're like, it works so wonderful for this. And copper itself is a huge like energy conductor. So a lot of people use copper when they're working with herbs and candles, incense, Mm -hmm. crystals, that kind of stuff. Because the idea is that it helps intensify whatever energy workings, you know, you are already working with. So yeah, so we do a range of things. I mean, it's really dependent on what we are inspired by at the time, Mm -hmm. um, what we kind of learned to do just Mm -hmm. in our own time and on our own craft. For the most part, everything we do make is something that we actually utilize in our own rituals, Mm -hmm. in our own home, you know, however we want. So everything (laughs) is like authentic in that way. You know what I mean? Well, you are the truth, like for real. Like Cordy, speaking about that, that this is the real thing. (laughs) Real deal. But tell us more about, because I know I got it wrong initially that I, I mistakenly when we did our first ad read gosh over about a year ago and we were launching Bewitch Banter mm-hmm. I I assumed and that's my bad I, I assumed Wiccan so tell us correct us set the record straight <laughs> please what is your actual witch practice and um beliefs okay <laughs> well well simply said Wiccan is witchcraft, but witchcraft isn't Wiccan. Okay. So it is a part of it. So witchcraft is, and I'm going to talk more modern witchcraft yeah, because obviously it's changed in our current landscape so much, but modern witchcraft has really morphed into this ideal of sort of going against the norm or the, the, the grain, so to speak, going mm-hmm. against society's pressures and conditionings. A lot of people are finding themselves in witchcraft right now mm-hmm. for a space of healing, mm-hmm. um, sometimes for 
trying to, you know, understand something more than themselves while also understanding more about themselves. It's sort of also, you know, the connection to nature yes. is huge. People are connecting now to nature, mm-hmm. especially now when we're talking about things That's like... That's for you, Aga, by the way. This episode is for you <laughs> because you asked for it. Well, when I we're talking... the best thing here for you. <laughs> well, when we're talking about, you know, climate change and all of these things mm-hmm. right now and global warming, a lot of it, we are so out of touch with what our earth is, what yeah. nature is, what it's all about. And our ancestors were super in touch with yeah. nature. They, they yeah. relied upon it. They relied upon, you know, their understandings of it. They relied mm-hmm. upon their their space mm-hmm. and their places they were living in, the seasons, mm-hmm. even the moon phases, Stars suns, moon. everything. Yep. So we've lost touch, I think over the many, many a year since mostly probably since the industrial revolution, but yeah, we've lost touch with a lot of that. And I think what people are finding now is that as they're connecting to something as great as the earth, they're also finding something great within within. themselves and they're creating then this connection where everything then becomes connected. Symbology Mm -hmm. becomes super important. Plants, Mm-hmm. animals, you know, stones, crystals. We talk about all that kind yeah. of stuff. Even the seasons, we celebrate the Sabbaths, yeah. the turning of the wheel. All of that has to do with this connection to nature. And we can connect to nature. We can connect to ourselves mm-hmm. and then we can connect to other people. Mm-hmm. So it spawns and blooms into, you know, all of these different ideals. You start to share more compassion. You start mm-hmm. to understand people and things and certain ways of things more, you know, I like to think of the Celtics and how death was so, was not feared. It was accepted as a part of the cycle and it was honored, especially during, you know, Samhain season when we connected with our dead, we reconnect with it. Dia de los Muertos is all that. Halloween, it's the same thing. (laughs) I guess I'm thirsty now. She made a cocktail. What do you call it? It was stunning. It looks stunning and it tastes Amazing. It's a lavender lemon gin and tonic. Mm. And it's absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Much better. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, all of these things become interconnected. And when we start to understand these connections, I think we can really open our minds Mm -hmm. to so much more in this world. And right now, we are facing a lot of things that we're trying to understand and be more open and compassionate about, well, I'd like to say we all, but <laughs> half of this country <laughs> um, is 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 feeling that and feeling the collective experience yes. more now, along with the individual experience. Yeah. Neither one now diminishes the other, mm-hmm. and I think you know, it's a chasm. I yes, you and know, I would like to say total shift. Yeah, and I I like to, you know, I would like to say that everybody's on that page, but so many people assume that. When somebody else is doing good, they're not going to. And when we think of the collective, it diminishes the individual, but it doesn't. And I think that we've seen it work on so many levels where we both can, we can both have the individual experience Mm -hmm. and the elevated individual self, self Mm self-love, all that kind of stuff, while also having compassion for the world and thinking of the collective, thinking of your community, thinking of your society, all of those different things. Mm -hmm. So it does seep into culture so So much. much. So for me, I'd like to say that I'm a folk witch because it loosely, well, loosely 
describes someone who works with the earth okay. and you could say ancient magics, you could say ancestral magic, okay. that kind of stuff. So I do focus a little bit on Celtic paganism. Okay. Um, I also have a patron deity that I follow closely and that's oh. Lilith. She's not Celtic, okay. but there's a whole- Pagan though, or what order her roots? Um, well, there's a lot. A lot of so I, yeah. Um, Give us the highlights. Uh, <laughs> highlights probably more like ancient Sumerian. Oh, how cool. She's got a lot of connections with Inanna. She's also, I would say, Hebrew too, because okay. there's a lot in, um, in the Hebrew Bible about her. There's some old stories about it. There's a lot of mythology. That's, that's awesome. It goes on. So it's hard to start where, but um, there's a lot of depictions of her, but there's different reasons why I follow her and work with her. But a lot of my magic, you know, is crafting with nature and mm -hmm. um, with botanicals, with mm -hmm. herbs, that kind of stuff, um, making those connections, those mm -hmm. utilizing the symbology of what those things yep. represent, utilizing them for the healing purposes mm -hmm. that they have for their folklore, so to yes. speak, too, and legends. So that's mostly what I'm interested in. And I loosely describe myself as that if okay. I'm going to Put a label, a label on it just because that is my focus. Sure. Um, but I can tell you I'm fascinated by every aspect of the occult. Okay. So then when we talk about witchcraft as a whole, it very much ranges. So sure. there are some people who don't actually practice witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Their version of practicing witchcraft is activism. So yeah. they manifest positive outcomes mm -hmm. through their activism. So mm -hmm. some witches, that's their witchcraft. Quick anecdote, my sister is an OBGYN and she is also a public health professional, um, obviously focused on women's health, mm -hmm. and which is one of the many reasons she never moved to Arizona because she can't be an abortion provider here, especially not now. But she's recently, in the last month or so, she's like, Chris, I'm gonna get a tattoo. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool, that's right <laughs> us. And she, her idea is like the uterus shape but the outline of the flowers that used to endorse induce excuse me natural abortion mm -hmm. and i was like that is so witchy of you and i yeah. love it and i'm here for it yeah and a side note is to your point that's how she practices even though mm -hmm. she's a physician yeah and i would consider that now in this conversation a form of magic yeah exactly i mean that's the idea i think you know there's parts of witchcraft too that talk about this idea of manifestation mm -hmm. and you know when we talk about manifestation we don't talk about poof and you know you've got something <laughs> we talk about you know the idea of setting an intention yep. putting in the work yep. working towards that thing and getting, getting an it. outcome and if you don't get that outcome reflecting and maybe taking a different path or looking for a different outcome you know yep. so it's all work it's not that we're sitting here and burning herbs and you know, I've had people ask me this, like, what does it look like when you do a spell? Do things appear? And I was like, <laughs> I love it. Not unless I'm tripping on something. <laughs> like, no, I, like, it's not really like that. You can have divine experience sure. without, you know, apparitions yeah. or anything like that, that people just assume. And a lot of ritual that's taken place, at least in my household, is more blessings, mm -hmm. you know, protection, okay. honoring things, honoring people we've lost, honoring people mm -hmm. we have, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all so, but there's a lot of different types. So my, my point is that, you know, when you do say, when people do mix up Wicca with witchcraft, Wicca is witchcraft and that is a part of it, but Wicca is an actual, very specified, um, it's actually classified part of as witchcraft. a religion, right? Yes. And 
it's been around for a very long time sure. too. And there's different subsets of it too. Mm-hmm. Some people consider it a closed, you know, mm-hmm. practice. Some people are solo practitioner Wiccans, but mm-hmm. it is a lot more of a specified part mm-hmm. of witchcraft. And it kind of, you know, even witchcraft itself is pagan, mm-hmm. but paganism isn't necessarily like witchcraft because or, oh, okay. pagan kind of then opens up in a larger umbrella because it's pretty much anything that isn't necessarily like Christian. Christian. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. We talk a lot and about it's the, even a little bit more specific than that. Yeah. The, so how bad the Catholics are. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But that's, that's the part too is, you know, there's, the other, Down with the Catholics. <laughs> but, you know, you got to understand, too, that even in Catholic religion, there are mystics. There are people who, mm-hmm. from since yeah, ancient times... Yeah, I was raised Roman Catholic. Yeah. My, mom, my mom basically said, do what you want, but this is how you'll get a little, you know, CCD and then peace out. But isn't it funny yeah. how we talk about how spells are bad, but yet oh, Catholics are so deep-seated in their ritualism the and their iconography yep. and... Their symbolism, symbolism, yeah, like all of that kind messages, of stuff. Messages, spirits, angels. So the idea yeah, is that, you know, mysticism, witchcraft, all of it seeps into so many cultures, so yeah. many religions, so many things. And I think in modern times, you know, the best way you can describe it is somebody, you know, going against their established norm, mm-hmm. going against their preconditioning, reconditioning themselves <laughs> to believe in something more about themselves than other things. And that's not to say that people who aren't involved in, you know, witchcraft or paganism, you know, don't do that and don't transcend in other ways. But I think for people who are spiritualists and want to attach themselves to something mm-hmm. bigger and the biggest part too is the autonomy. Yes. You know, when we talk about institutionalized religions, everything has a set mm-hmm. how to do things, how you have to be yep. with witchcraft, with, you know, specifically with witchcraft i'm not going to say with paganism but with witchcraft specifically there's so much autonomy so mm-hmm. when we talk about green witches kitchen witches folk <laughs> witches you know even people just don't find themselves and just they're a witch you yeah. know when we talk about all mm-hmm. of those things it's because people are taking the control back within themselves and creating their own path mm-hmm. and their own way of spirituality or mysticism or, you know, whatever it is that they attach to. So long-winded no, that's answer. So beautifully said. And thank you for clarifying because I know I over, I broad stroked the brush like so many of us do, right? Unfortunately, the old Catholic lens and other major religions are really what get the attention or have gotten the attention for so many centuries. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so funny. I actually what you just said about the autonomy. God, I forgot what episode it was. Um, it might've been Voodoo. My ex actually practiced Santeria and I was, I was really a very blessed, very few American white person to actually be semi, I was never indoctrinated. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go that far, but I was, I was shown a lot more than the average white person mm-hmm. into that religion. Yeah. And it was really fucking cool. That said, I have a patron saint as well, Elewa, mm-hmm. and he's a boy prince <laughs> in that lore, and he's a, the king of like pathways, and mm-hmm. it's, again, owning my autonomy of which way I'm gonna go. Exactly. And you said it so beautifully. So I have I have his statue, and I have my altar, which 
with your stunning pentagram. Thank you. Oh my God, it's stunning. I'll, I shared it before, I'll share it again, but made by this right here. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, just like, I think people in that episode that I covered, Voodoo, nowadays are searching for answers because we're all, we're sick. We're a sick culture because we're so, and that's why we have the violence and the things that happen because, you know, I think mental health has never been addressed at the root. And I think witchcraft is a form of, uh, of people taking that DIY sense and autonomy and, and yeah. back. Yeah, in a lot of ways, absolutely. And, you know, I think too that sometimes we find ourselves in a, you know, certain crossroad, so mm -hmm. to speak, where we're like, okay, what direction are we going to go? I can tell you I found witchcraft through healing, through needing to heal, yeah. through needing to have the semblance of ritual and connection to something more. Because it was um, after college, right? When you came to witchcraft? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had been active in it when I was a teenager, and then oh, I kind of stepped that. out of it okay. for a long time. Um, and I came back into it about five or six years ago. You know, I was in personally not in a good place in mm -hmm. my life. I was going through a lot of depression, mm -hmm. and I was trying to find something to, you know, poetry wasn't enough for me mm -hmm. at the time. It wasn't, I needed another. She's a phenomenal writer too, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just, um, <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> true. But it, it was something I turned to because I was looking for ritual. And I started with the Sabbaths because it gave me a good semblance of the wheel and how the seasons work. And, so and for my, sorry, is that, those are the rituals or those the, um, the Sabbaths are the holidays. holidays so, um, okay. so like, our next one coming up will be Yule. We just got done with okay. Samhain, which is the same night as Halloween. Okay. Um, Yule is the same night as Christmas got Eve. It. Basically, the pagans had divided the year into essentially four holidays, four fire festivals um, that we know of. And then they later, I think the Wiccans actually, and Robert Graves is actually a writer, and he created a lot of ideas about the triple goddess head and okay. sort of wrote on a lot of that stuff. But at that time, too, they had incorporated the solstices and the equinoxes into it, too. So you have a total of eight seasons. So the cycle starts with Yule, okay. which is what's coming up next. Then we have Imbolc, um, Ostera, Beltana. Hi, Kenny. Um, <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> Beltana, Letha, Lunasad, and then Mabon and Samhain. So okay. they're all the eight Sabbaths. So the idea is that when they were being basically celebrated in Europe at the time, these were the different times that the wheel had turned, the seasons had changed. Sure. So it also goes based on the sun positioning. Farming was a big one yeah. too. So like Lunasad is usually the very first harvest okay. in Northern Europe. Um, and that's where they harvest their grains. And then in Maybon, mm -hmm. they're harvesting, you know, fruits from the okay. orchards and pumpkins and things fall. like that. Yeah. Yep. So it goes based on like different harvests and stuff. But what you can do in modern times is you can sort of take that like we're in Arizona. We have <laughs> zero. I mean, we've got like three seasons. Yeah, but and, and don't give me that bullshit go up north because yeah, not, no, that's, that's not New England. In <laughs> Phoenix, at least, it's like. So how do you celebrate? You know, an entire wheel when you know we kind of skip fall in a sense. Yep. You know, we kind of skip some of these in a sense. The idea is taking the the ideas from those from each season and applying it to where we are now. Mm -hmm. So then you can kind of discover parts of yourself too certain seasons you thrive in versus times that you don't. 
people back east, they always talk about what is it during winter? Winter depression. Seasonal affective yes, disorder. There it is. I my, it's called winter depression. I discovered my seasonal affective disorder happens during the summertime because yeah. it's so extraordinarily hot and here. You're stuck inside. Yeah. yeah. And so the difference is you start to learn where you're at and stuff mm -hmm. and you know how you work with the seasons mm -hmm. too specifically. If you know you thrive better during one season or another. And then as you're celebrating them, you can sort of prepare for the seasons and all that kind of stuff. So that was sort of my first you know, dive into it all. And it also helped me because it helped me with correspondences and mm -hmm. symbolism. So mm -hmm. talking about, you know, what herbs are good for protection. Well, you've got blood brute, you've got rosemary, mm -hmm. you've got sage, you've got mm -hmm. mugwort, you've got all of these different things that are good for that. And so you start to learn those different correspondences. Well, what about for stones for protection? Well, you've got black tourmaline, you've got mm -hmm. crystal quartz. So yeah. you can start making these, again, connections. Yes. And they just start... Once you start learning about and noticing one, you oh, start <laughs> um, you start opening up so, so cool. many more, and it just becomes incredible learning about all these mm -hmm. different things. So that's the other thing is reading and sharing mm -hmm. knowledge, listening, mm -hmm. all of those things, which is also something that we can apply in modern times in exactly. our daily lives. What do you know? So exactly. <laughs> Listening to people. Mm -hmm. There's a thought. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot. But Amazing. I mean that's that would be, you know, I think the other thing too is that people are just now starting to talk about this kind of yes. witchcraft. And so it's no fault of yours really that you did have not have that differentiation with Wicca and just witchcraft in general because to be honest, a lot of it has been saturated in Wiccan religion, okay. especially in the 90s. It was a big trend. Oh, sure, Wiccans the, were. And the devil worship or satanic panic was more Well, 80s, that was right? more 80s, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's so, it's a lot different now. But, you know, I think people are now starting to have these conversations about what is witchcraft now. And mm -hmm. it really boils down to this idea of autonomy and finding autonomy over your own spirituality. <laughs> Take the church. Take me to nature church. Yeah, that's amazing. Really, only five years ago, huh? I feel like time is, you know, COVID time messed everything up, right? But I yeah. feel like you've been practicing for like more on the verge of 10 years, but it's really only been five or so? Um, Yeah, I mean, probably, gosh, where are we now? <laughs> I know, where exactly? I mean, it's probably been about six years since um, I started Crimson Sage. And then I was practicing before that for about six months before I even started. But what's great about you know, running the shop too, is that I always believe that that is my witchcraft also, yes. is creating these things to then turn around and give somebody else something else to use yeah. for their intention or their magic or their healing. So proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, that said, let's talk about women's autonomy, right? Because so much of this, I feel like women obviously are searching, especially right now with Roe overturned, for our autonomy. And do you find in your practice there are more women or men? Or do you, I mean, just anecdotally, obviously, no, no data needed, but like, just uh, do you find that more women are drawn to it because of our need to do that healing work? Well, first off, I want to preface what I'm going to say by saying that my, um, my social circle when it comes to it is very specific. Okay. Um, so I can't speak to, you know, other Everybody. communities. Sure. Yeah. Um, in my community and circle there, it is predominantly female. Um, 
there are a lot of men. That's not to say there aren't sure. a lot of men. Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of non-binary people and trans sure, people course. involved, too. So, um, but I do find that there are a lot more um, women involved, just at least in my circle. And, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I do think that in other areas and in other circles, it's probably predominantly men. Um, the other thing, too, that we can think of is just like with a lot of other things, um, you know, the idea of mysticism and the occult and witchcraft was predominantly dominated by men in the white male patriarchy. And a lot of it was, I mean, if we talk about Crowley and, Mm. you know, even Gardner and a lot of those people who did run these orders or Mm -hmm. these, you know, sort of Occult we have a whole episode whatever. on Alistair, let me tell yeah. you. I mean, we they, call them the sex craze right here. <laughs> and there was a lot of, there's a lot of grooming that gets involved oh. in it. There's a lot of um, assault that can Abuse, occur. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, people always say, like, for, for instance, um, certain groups that require initiation rights, you have to be wary of because there are some groups out there trying to take advantage of yeah. people, especially young women. Yeah. Um, or vulnerable people in general. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it has for many years, like everything. I mean, we even talk about poetry and some people yeah. wonder about that too and say, are there more women writing poetry than men now? They've asked me that before. And I said, I don't think so. But I'm going to say, you know, with witchcraft, what I say about poetry is it once was predominantly a patriarchal thing. Mm-hmm. Men controlled the mysticism yeah. and, um, the occult and all that kind of stuff. And they took advantage of a lot of women in the process. When we're talking about witchcraft now too, we're also taking back our autonomy. We're taking back the word witch, which is also, you know, (laughs) that's another thing I've experienced (laughs) is somebody has said to me, isn't witchcraft an offensive term? No, not nowadays because witch is a word that has been taken back by people who are creating their own sense of autonomy Mm -hmm. and their own path and their own Mm -hmm. spirituality and, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, there's no right or wrong way. There's people who will try to gatekeep, but there's no gatekeeping allowed in witchcraft because there's so nature. much. And it goes against, exactly. It goes against, you know, the, the freedom and the autonomy that you get to experience mm-hmm. in witchcraft. I do think that, you know, we always should be careful and we should always practice our magic with the consent of anybody mm-hmm. else involved. Exactly. Um, but that's, again, why it's so much different now than, you know, back in the early 1900s when we talk about Mm -hmm. the occult and the different orders Mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, we even talk about like Freemasons and stuff like that and they're predominantly men. Yes, exactly. apparently my grandfather was one. (laughs) We don't have full on confirmation, but I do have an anecdote that at his funeral, there was a guy running around, an elderly gentleman that was like livid yelling at my aunt who was, essentially my grandparents' caretaker and everything. So at his service, um, this guy was like, this is not how Masons need to be buried. And he was like carrying on. And oh I was like, gosh. I guess this is confirmation. Maybe he was. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first rule of your masonry is you don't talk about Freemasonry. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. There is no fight club. <laughs> but that's, I mean, essentially what, when we talk about, you know, the occult and we talk about witchcraft and we talk about Wicca and we talk about all of these things, they were predominantly you know, white male. And now when we go back to ancient cultures, 
there's a lot more matriarchies. There's a lot more matriarchies. There are, you know, lots of ancient cultures, indigenous cultures, mm -hmm. especially yep. prided the women and everybody had a semblance of equality mm -hmm. um, throughout, you know, but you know, women were held on more of a pedestal than they are now. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're doing now is we're taking back our own power while also, you know, sort of learning from the mistakes of our ancestors mm -hmm. and the people before us. And that's why I think, you know, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of women and non-binary folk are finding themselves drawn to witchcraft mm -hmm. now because it's a beautiful, delicious idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? <laughs> yes, I mean, thou would love to live deliciously, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. But that the experience of that is, you know, finding yourself, finding your true self and a world that is so large and vast and mm -hmm. uncontrollable. The other aspect is finding what you can control in your life yes. amongst the world with so many things you can't control. Yeah. So again, it's all that taking back power. I think though, I would like to say that I do think a lot of men are also getting into it for similar reasons. We talk about men having been sort of groomed in their lives to be, you know, this masculine mm -hmm. um trope that cry, you know strong exactly yeah. and you know you can't believe in that kind of stuff because it's girly, girly. or you can't do that that kind God of stuff forbid, it's feminine yeah so i think a lot of men are finding themselves in it now too okay. because men are saying well i don't need to be that way i can find pride in myself and people around me regardless mm -hmm. of gender or any yeah. kind of differentiation really you know it's the big thing is we need to we should be accepting one another and connecting to, to one another while also celebrating each other's differences yeah. and i think witchcraft does that and again the conversation is really just opening up about this there's mm -hmm. a lot of people starting to talk about this you know, Pam Grossman's a big one. I'm sure. Okay. You, actually, I, no, tell, tell us about her. So she does Witch Wave podcast, actually, oh, but she's a writer too. Okay. But she's very, I guess you could say prolific in, you know, the witchcraft community okay. around the world and stuff and talks a lot about it. But she talks a lot about, you know, these ideas of autonomy and things mm -hmm. like that. But I think more and more people, you know, you've got Juliet Diaz, The Altar Within. Her book is mm -hmm. very much about you know, reclaiming that semblance of power and decolonizing yourself from, yeah. you know, all of these ideas that have been pushed Forced upon us, us yeah. you know. Which is, you know, kind of also plays into exactly what you're saying, like generational trauma. That shit, mm -hmm. that shit's in your blood. That shit's in your yes. cells, DNA, yes. your cellular DNA. And just to bring it back to like a medical standpoint, even to the point where my sister, the physician, was saying that people of color have often been more associated with diabetes. Well, guess what? It's because of all the generational trauma. It's not, and it's physically showing up and they're just starting to test this now, like doing studies wow. of like generational trauma on um, the impacts of medical illnesses. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And I mean, and that's I believe because it. at the root of the trial, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, I believe being an enslaved person is going to fuck you up. <laughs> and, you know, I think as white people, it's more important for us now to decolonize ourselves from these preconceptions yeah. that unfortunately are inherent within us. Yeah. But, you know, I believe a lot of times, you know, the first step is 
acknowledging yeah. it and, you know, trying to do better, learn, listen. Mm -hmm. And again, it all coincides, those connections yes. back with witchcraft. You're listening, you're learning, mm -hmm. you're sharing knowledge, you're doing right by yourself and the collective, you yeah. know, what is that? If we're all happy, we're, we're all, all happy, we're all elevated, we're all better. Yeah. There's lots of people who don't want that. But if we as an individual take that and take that power back, who knows? It might become more of a collective force out there. And I think it has, actually. I think, so I think it has. I think it's just starting mm -hmm. to get there more, you know? But yeah, that's why it's absolutely fascinating to me. And there's lots of great conversations being had about it. And one thing I would say to people who are getting into witchcraft is, don't let people gatekeep, but you know, beware, beware mm -hmm. of people taking advantage of you, just like in any situation, Anything. any situation. Amy would appreciate that. But yeah, oh my God, beautifully, beautifully said. Anything else you wanted to add or share? I mean, you're so eloquent. Thank you for sharing your practice, at least telling us about it, you know, just sharing with it because you know as, again to your earlier points i think people maybe used to be afraid of it or something mm -hmm. you know what i mean afraid to express yeah. it because of the stigma yeah oh absolutely i mean i think many of people um i've heard many people say things like oh i take my pentagram cro um star off before i go do family events and stuff because i don't want them to know and oh, wow. stuff like that and here i am i mean look at my I home and i've got family events all the time yeah. and i've got goddesses up i've got yeah. statues up you know and I've come to the point where this is just me yeah. and this is my life. And the interesting thing about it is I really do like bringing clarity to it. And mm -hmm. it's happened before, like where my dad has flat out asked me, like, what does it mean that you're a witch? And I've expressed it to him in this way and told mm -hmm. him a lot of these things. And he's like, oh, I had no idea. He's like, I really did not think that mm -hmm. that's what it all was. And so I want to bring clarity because, okay. th yes, there are people out there doing the spells. There mm -hmm. are people out there they're doing different things based on their practice, their culture, mm -hmm. whatever it is that they're doing. But then there's also people who are utilizing witchcraft for a different purpose. Sure. And, you know, you also have the new age scene. You've got mm -hmm. a lot of people who are very spiritual and the self-healing mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And... You know, we also have all these different cultures that are doing different things, mm -hmm. too. So also be self-aware of your culture. This is where yep. history, reading, exactly. ancestry. I recommend doing yeah. your DNA thing if you don't know your ancestry <laughs> or background. Like, Have you done yours? All, all that stuff. No, but my grandma and Tucker have kept, my husband, have kept very detailed and intricate um, family trees that, that go back cool. so far. So we have a good idea of different parts that we that we come from, so that cool. I come from specifically. But like my mom is a fourth generation English basically, okay. you know? So we know like enough to at least hone in sort of on the Areas Northern the European yeah. yeah, part of it. But you know, my husband also has some different parts of him too. So mm -hmm. it's like, we should be also, you know, really staying in our lane, I'd like to say about okay. that. You know, for instance, I wouldn't practice hoodoo or right, anything right, because right. that's a very specific practice sure. for specific cultures, you know? Yeah, which is why I, I was flabbergasted and honored at the same time to even get the little bit of curtain peeking. Yeah, right? because somebody, they're yeah. so close sometimes. Very much. You know? um, I remember flat out his dad was like, um, when he moved here to 
uh, from Connecticut to here, they he, they brought over all the Santos that were saints. And I was like, oh, you know, your dad's just getting your saints out of the, the trunk or whatever. And he's like, how do you know about that? I'm like, I'm not blind, bro. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a smart woman. I read. And I love culture. Um, but he's like, you must never look inside the, the vases, which were part of the altar. And I never did because I respect that shit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to fuck with it. Right. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's your that's you that's sacred to you yeah i'm not gonna cross that line i mean when you're there are certain you know there's a talk to um that goes on right now about closed practice versus open practice oh interesting so yeah well no i mean i don't know i think in some aspects it's a debate for certain things for certain people um but some things are more like just what i'm talking about like i'm not going to go and try and be a hoodoo priestess right. because guess what? I could never authentically be a hoodoo priestess. I couldn't, you know? And there are so many authentic voodoo priestess out there and yep. hoodoo priestess that are yep. doing amazing kind of work. things. Exactly. exactly. So I would never be yeah. authentically that, yeah. you know? And so a lot of witchcraft too, the whole idea is you're taking your autonomy, you're finding your authenticity. So how are you going to do that? If you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, reappropriate a culture's, closed practice or ritual practice in your own. So another good example we can talk about is indigenous tribes and especially um, certain Native American tribes practiced um, smudging, which is a very closed ritual in a lot of Native American practices. Mm. Smudging with white sage yes. to be specifically. They sell specific. that shit everywhere here in the desert. Yes, well. yes. And, and it's like, <laughs> and there's a lot of talk about so I like to make herbal bundles too I yeah. make them out of different things you know you can see some hanging yeah, over there <laughs> um, <laughs> but I make them out of different things I don't call them smudge bundles I call them herbal bundles because that's what they are smudge bundle is reserved to that very specific tool for that very specific wow. practice so there's a lot of people and there is a big debate about this personally I agree that smudge is a closed practice okay. and minor herbal bundles. That's authentically what they are. Mm-hmm. When an indigenous person has a smudge bundle, that is authentically theirs. You know, it's, it's very much like that. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to say because again, I don't police anybody and I don't gatekeep anybody, but there are a lot of people who commodify off of white sage smudge bundles Yes, and they call it that. And they're mm-hmm. white ladies like us, mm-hmm. you know, selling these things. Mm-hmm. There are other terms for it. There are other types of herbs that mm-hmm. we can use, you know? And so the other thing is being true to yourself, being true to your surroundings. How can, in Arizona, how can you utilize your desert? Yeah. How can you That's utilize, yeah. Place. How can you utilize herbs that maybe in your own ancestral heritage mm-hmm. were, you know, important herbs mm-hmm. for different things? So it's it's very much like that. That's a really good cool. example I can give when it comes to like that idea of closed practice. And, you know, it does take it a step further when people are commodifying off of, you know, a very closed yes. ritual yeah. tool or practice. Yeah. That's the other thing is when we're talking about authenticity and we're talking about autonomy when it comes down to it. You have to stay in your lane because that is the mm-hmm. only way you're going to be your authentic Amen. self. And that's researching, learning, doing the DNA thing yeah. if you have to, yeah. talking to your family, doing your family mm-hmm. tree, all that kind of stuff to really get a good grasp of where you come from. Otherwise, none of your magic is going to be exactly authentic and none of it's going to work great for you. Yeah. So oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, we uh, will see. Well, I won't see you because I'll be away, unfortunately. But you'll be at Witchcrafted AC, yes. right? Tell mm-hmm. us a little about that, and then um, we'll wrap <laughs> that up. 
Um, <laughs> well, Witchcrafted um, is a big event that was actually created by Dory of a small business here called Hentooth Cottage. She actually made really cool author cloths and linens oh, nice. out of like vintage linens and doilies and things like oh, that. Cool. So she was very active in the market scene and created Witchcraft several years ago before the pandemic even hit. And it started off as just a small event and there were like 15 tables out you know and we were selling it was tremendous the very first night we ever did it seeing how many people in the community in phoenix it brought out i mean there were hundreds of people crowded on this patio bar shopping and looking at stuff people came dressed up people came all decked out and it was right before halloween too so people are coming and dressed up as different witches you've got people just coming in their usual gothic garb and coming out and being themselves and so So we were on a tremendous high from it of just like wow this community is great look how many people brought out in phoenix so then the second one we did was the yule market and it was at a different location um and it was much larger and then it brought out even more people even more people to the point where now after the pandemic and everything it started up again last year it's three times a year there's an ostera one that happens okay. usually in march okay um the Samhain one um which is halloween yep. essentially happens in october okay. usually and then yule or christmas yep is in december yeah and so she we do them three times a year dory does them three times a year um we participate in all of them for the most part and now they're at glendale civic center in downtown glendale huge it brings in thousands of people i mean we are talking this last market we had for halloween it was wrapped around the building for a couple hours to even get in because that's how many people showed up it's It's totally worth it there's probably a good 80 vendors that are there, including tarot readers and other diviners. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and the vendors are incredible. I mean, we have three spaces of oh, our nice. own. <laughs> so you. we take up a good amount of space. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's people know where we are at and they always go there. But there's also a lot of great vendors there that are all selling different types of ritual tools and skincare products mm-hmm. and handcrafted items, vintage items, everything with sort of that Dory likes to represent the archetype of the witch and what okay. the witch represents. Cool. So she chooses vendors that really cater to that ideal and that feel and that sense of authenticity. Yes. So there's a lot of great vendors. You know, a couple of my favorites are Shadow Path Parlor, Moon Goddess Market, Eternal Noir Jewelry. Okay. She's very That's prolific in the Phoenix area. Okay. Spellbinding. I guess I'm just giving shout outs. Well, Court, it's been such a freaking pleasure. No more shout outs for others, but shout out to Crimson Sage, AZ, my girl Courtney Jameson. She will not be at the Witchcrafted Astara Market in March, on March 11th, at the Glendale Civic Center. Again, that's Witchcrafted, Asteris Market. Courtney is usually there. However, she will she will be missing the spring one. But we are hoping the Witch Banter will be there as well. So you can come along March 11th and see Amy and I, hopefully, at the Glendale Civic Center as part of the Witchcrafted AZ Market. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram or bewitchbanter.com. Suggestions for the show? 
Emails at bewitchbanter at gmail.com. Credits, music phantom fun by Jonathan Boyle from premiumbeat.com. Podcast edited and produced by Krista Hins and Amy Holt. As always, if you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe.